This is Right from the Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Erin Taylor Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? (laughs) As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you. Bringing interviews, inspiration, and information to encourage, refresh, and equip you to embrace the deep, to find your truest story, your truest message in the deep places. You can get the episode show notes, lots more information and encouragement, and your free audio download, Five Crucial Ways to Safeguard Your Writer's Heart, at writefromthedeep.com. Hey guys, want to know what's happening in Right From The Deep Land? Well, here you go. First, thank you to all our patrons on Patreon. We are so grateful to you guys. A special thanks, of course, to our February Sponsor of the Month, Tammy Partlow. Tammy is a Southern author and a speaker at women's retreats. Her novel, Blood Beneath the Pines, is set mostly in the Deep South and is a tale of prevailing justice. Find out more about Tammy at her website, Tammy, T-A-M-M-Y, Partlow, P-A-R-T-L-O-W, dot com. Thanks, Tammy. (laughs) And now we are going to be at Mount Hermon. Yay, I love Mount Hermon, you guys. It's in the Redwoods. It's near Felton, California, and we will be there uh, April 1st through April 7th. And Karen and I are teaching two different pre-conference tracks. My pre-conference mentoring track is about editing your fiction and creating your own map for going through and editing your writing as a novelist. It will help you to find out what your bugaboos are and how to overcome them. And surprise, my pre-conference mentoring track is also (laughs) about editing itself, editing. It's going to be about unlocking your manuscript's potential for intermediate nonfiction self-editing. So we are going to ask hard questions and make your book better. Yay! And you can find out all the details at writers.mountherman.com. M-O-U-N-T-H-E-R-M-O-N dot org. And now, here's Here's the the show. Welcome, writers. Welcome, everybody. We're excited to have you here in the deep with us. And today, we are going to resume our talk and our discussion on hearing God. We did the first episode last time. That's episode 110, and that was Hearing God Part 1. This is Part 2. We'll have a link in the show notes. I, I do suggest you guys go back and take a listen to that. And what we did in that episode was we talked about reasons we may struggle to hear. God. And uh, as a quick review, some of those reasons are we don't know how to listen, or we don't know how to focus, or we do know how to listen, but we just never do. We never stop to listen. We just, we don't put the time in to listen. Another reason is too often we want to see the big picture all at once. We want it all laid out in front of us, or we want just some slight little guaranteed outcome, or just an answer right now for whatever is bothering us. Or maybe we don't expect God to communicate with us at all. Maybe we don't think we're important enough or spiritual enough, or maybe we expect these big flashing neon signs rather than hearing or listening for God's still small voice. Or sometimes a reason is that we're just in sin, um, and that is separating us from God and His voice. So those are some of the reasons we may struggle to hear God. 
We came to the bottom line last time in saying that the foundation of hearing God is about relationship. It's not about doing better or doing something else. It's about building relationship with him. He doesn't want to give you a set of directions and leave you be. He wants to be in every day, every moment of every day with you in relationship. You know, we talked last week about a book, Hearing God by Dallas Willard, and we'll have a link in the show notes to that as well, because we got a lot of this material from it. Anyway, he talks about loneliness in that book. Even when we're in good relationship with people, we still struggle with loneliness. And and I don't know about you guys, but I, I do. There are times, even when I'm in a group of people, that I feel lonely. But the thing is, with God, it's a totally different story. He's the only being who knows us perfectly and is always with us. He's in our thoughts, in our spirit, in our heart. Our relationship with him has a closeness we can't get with any other human. Through birth, death, and beyond, God is the only one who can and is with you through everything. You know, our human relationships will come and go, but not the one with God. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He's promised that. And it makes sense that we should put as much effort, even more effort into cultivating that relationship. Right. All right. So we have been talking about how we have to listen and recognize God's voice, but so far we haven't asked that $50 million question. How do we know when it's God talking to us? How do we know when we're hearing God's voice and it's not, say, our own wishful thinking or thoughts from Satan even or words from someone who's misguided? How do we know when it's God? So we're going to give you a few thoughts. Um, There is, here's one thought, there is a weight, there is an authority, a sense of power to God's voice as it impacts us. Also, God's voice doesn't argue with us or try to talk us into doing something. It simply speaks with authority and truth. And remember, it's never condemning or accusing. It may be convicting, but that's entirely different. If you're hearing something that's condemning or accusing, friend, that's a tactic of Satan or our flesh. We might notice when it's God that it has a powerful effect on us. Even if it wasn't maybe at the time some huge revelation, it still, it alters who we are and how we act. It has a powerful effect. There's a deep love, a peace, and a sureness and joy that is in the spirit of the voice of God. Think of who Christ was as he walked the earth, the compassion and tenderness. He is still that same person. Even if God is telling you of some wrong you're doing, you should never feel belittled. You should overall feel loved. Right. And then the content of God's voice must always conform to the principles in Scripture. It cannot ever contradict it. So, for example, if you're hearing a voice that's promising you success and prosperity and no hardship ever, that's not coming from God because that's not conforming to a principle in Scripture. And then here's a quote from Dallas Willard's book that summarizes some of this. He says, What we discern when we learn to recognize God's voice in our heart is a certain weight or force, a certain spirit, and a certain content in the thoughts that come in God's communication to us. These three things in combination mark the voice of God. 
it would be nice if there was some quick and easy field test for all of this. Right. But, but there's not. And unless, of course, what you're hearing is your mind is something that clearly contradicts Scripture. Then you know that's not God. Learning to recognize God's voice, especially within your own mind, takes time, practice, and experience. I mean, when you first meet someone and talk to them for like five minutes, you wouldn't be able to recognize their voice if they called you on the phone. Right. But eventually, over time, you'd become familiar with the tone of their voice, the the spirit of who they are, the way they phrase things. For you fiction writers, this is what it means to establish character voice in your story or your own voice as an author. Recognizing God isn't an immediate thing, you grow to earn it. I have a really good friend that all it takes when he calls me, even if we didn't have color ID, all it takes is me hearing him speak one word or give one chuckle, and I know exactly who he is. He's been my friend for almost 40 years. So <laughs> when you have that kind of relationship together, you recognize each other's voices, and that's how it is with God. Right. You just You'll grow, and you'll learn it as time goes by. Right. Uh, remember, guys— um, how you experience hearing God is going to be individual. You cannot expect your experience to be the same as someone else's. You are neither more nor less spiritual than someone else who God works completely different with. You need to figure out how it works between you and God. And even then, guys, don't expect it to always be the same because there will be differences in how he communicates with you. I thought it would be helpful if Karen and I share a little bit of our own experience so you can have some examples of what we mean when we're talking about hearing God or recognizing him. For me, Karen, it's a sensory type of thing. Um, I experience God and I hear his voice in the midst of relationship. I've been talking to God since I was a little kid. And, and I've been blessed with the relationship that I had with my parents. It was a very good, solid relationship grounded in God and in Scripture. And because of that, I think that I hear God almost in the way that I, I heard my parents' voices, always with a sense of love and always with that recognition, always in a way that comes inside me and there's a warmth inside me when I hear it, or there's <laughs> or there's a recognition inside that I screwed up. <laughs> but even in the midst of messing up, I still have that sense of love. Um, when I go outside and I feel the wind touch my face, I can close my eyes and feel that that's God caressing my face. When I go outside and, and and I see the birds at the feeder, I know that God is gifting me that experience. It's the same way when I pray. Um, there's been discussion lately with some of my friends about doing prayer better. I don't see prayer that way as, as a relationship. That's how I see prayer. And I don't do prayer. I am immersed in prayer. In some ways, every moment is prayer, and it's as though God is with me. And so it's, it's not something I stop and do. It's something that I'm in constant communication with him, which is not to say that my way is any better. It's just my way. It's how I hear from God. And so I don't have to sit down and say, oh, God, please take care of them. When I encounter something, I'm like, oh, Jesus, please, you know, watch out for them. The same way that I would turn to Aaron if we saw an accident and say, oh, man, I hope they're okay. It's that same close, close-knit relationship, and I hear him in my heart, in my head, and in my spirit. So while Karen's experience is more sensory, and that may be similar to how some of you are as well, 
which is why I wanted us both to share. I'm completely different, me, Erin. I'm a word person. I feel like I get words more than sensory direction. Although my experience is still sensory, I have a sense of God's presence as I pray or meditate on his word. And as I, I like to, I like to do that. I like to just behold the glory of the Lord, you know, as it says in um, 2 Corinthians, I think, 3.18, that's part of my experience, but I'll give you an example of how God spoke to me in actual words that were through my thoughts. Very early in my marriage with Alan, we had been helping to do a church plant, and it was going fine with that, but Alan and I knew that the day jobs we were in were not our ultimate calling, and the church was was planted, and we knew that it was time for us to move on to the next step in our lives, so we just have no idea what that was. And so for six months, we prayed, and and we got no answer. We knew an answer was coming, though, so we waited, and we prayed, and we waited for God's timing. And at one point, I think it was this, it was June, maybe July, it was summer, and I was praying about this very thing. And during that prayer, and I'm not saying God always only speaks to me in prayer, but during that prayer, this idea popped into my head. Maybe it's time for Alan, my husband, to go back to school and get his PhD. Now, this was, it was really very sudden. It wasn't in my thoughts at all. And then pop, there it was, right? So I had known that Alan wanted to go back someday and do a PhD, but yeah, it was like a bucket list thing. You know, we never thought concretely about it or made plans for it. But coming at that time during prayer, those words for me, they were sudden and they had a weight and a clarity and a force of rightness and resonance. I just didn't think it was my own idea. I had no idea, no strong idea of what should happen next in our life. So truly, I was in a posture of waiting for God. But I was still a young Christian and I really hadn't had a lot of experience with God speaking to me in that way through my thoughts, those words. So I told Alan, I said, Alan, and this is what happened. I was praying, and I think maybe God said this. And and bam, it struck Alan with that same particular dawning, that light bulb that felt right. And by now, guys, this is like late summer, mid to late summer. And, you know, school was like just a few short weeks away. We had a house. We had a mortgage. We had jobs. And we had to suddenly pick up and move, you know, two, two hours away to this school. But here's the thing. There was a lot of obstacles, but God lined them all up and made it work. He made a way and it changed the course of our lives. So the effects of this were huge. So over the course of my life with God, I've definitely gotten better at sorting out thoughts and ideas and words that come to me recognizing when I'm hearing me and when I'm hearing God, but I am not infallible and guys, no one's going to be. So don't stress over that because remember, this is all still about relationship, right? And one more example I'll quote from Dallas Willard's book. He describes his own hearing God as, quote, a characteristic type of thought and impulse, which was to me the moving of God upon my mind and heart, unquote. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so for some final tips. Um, Guys, this has been a big topic and we could never, ever cover it all. So here are just a couple of our final tips. First, Walk in openness to God's spirit, to his voice. Walk in a listening posture that is attentive and expectant at all times. Because another one of Webster's definitions of listening is to be alert, to catch an expected sound. So if we want to hear God, we have to expect him to speak. 
We also have to be attuned to his voice. We have to learn how to catch that voice in the moments when we're maybe not expecting it to happen. God will speak to us in his time and in his ways. You just have to pay attention. So that means you shouldn't be the one who's always talking. (laughs) You know, it's hard for someone to talk to us. And my husband will attest to this. It's hard for him to talk to me when I'm yapping all the time. It's not until I stop and I listen that I catch things that I need to catch. It's the same way with God, walking someplace, sitting someplace, no matter where you are, attuning yourself, like tuning in that radio, attuning yourself to God and what he has to say to you. It's interesting because there are times that we think we want to hear God's voice, but we only want to hear his voice if he's going to tell us things that will affirm what we already believe. We have to let those things go. We have to let our ideas go, let our agenda go, and, and simply be with him, spend time with him, and get familiar with him so that you can catch his voice when it comes to you. Right. And I know we've talked before about it's not doing prayer, it's about being in relationship. But I want to clarify a little bit because don't hear us saying that you shouldn't be praying because, you know, look how often the Apostle Paul talks about praying. Philippians 1, 9 through 11, for example, says, Paul says this, I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment, and so on. So, doing prayer is fine. I do prayer. I actually have to plan time in my day and week to meditate on God's Word, to remember His works, to consider who He is, and to intercede for myself and for others, because if I don't plan that time, it's it's not going to happen for me, and it's important for me. It's like a date. It's like a date with God, and those things are important to me to help ground me and feed my mind and spirit. But what we are saying is that's just part of your relationship with God, that set-apart prayer time, if that's something that you do. That's just part of it. We're still, the goal is to walk in constant connection with Him as much as we can in relationship and communication throughout the day. You know, it's it's such a comfort that God doesn't make us like robots to blindly follow every direction he gives throughout the day. He wants to be with us and to get to know us the same way that we get to know him and to learn who he is together with him through his word so that he he comes to us and when he speaks to us, we can know that our life is about a character continuing to conform to Christ, partnering with him for the work of the kingdom. And when he speaks to us, it will be to continue down that path to continue letting him refine us and sharpen us into a clearer reflection of who he is. So again, the bottom line on this is hearing from God isn't about doing things right, but about being with God, being in relationship with him, spending time with him, trusting that he's always there, keeping yourself attuned to him, looking for him maybe in places where you wouldn't normally do that, building familiarity and trust, just as you do with your family and friends. There's no better place to be than in God's presence, and there's no voice so sweet and loving and true as God's. I I often imagine in my mind what it was like before the fall when the Lord would walk with Adam and Eve in the garden and how sweet Mm -hmm. that voice must have been, how sweet and loving and how it drew them to him simply because God is love. So listen for that voice of love in your own hearts and minds. And remember Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is in your midst. A victorious warrior, he will exult over you with joy. He will be quiet in his love, and he will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. Amen. Amen. 
Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. We hope you found it helpful. And if you know someone else who needs this podcast, please share it. You can find backlist episodes and lots more resources at our website, rightfromthedeep.com. Yep, we'd love to connect with you guys there. So until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Amen. Amen. Amen.